We want to welcome everybody into God's house tonight. And we thank the Lord for everyone that's here. Thank the Lord for you that's come. And we want to say thank you to our visitors that have come. And we thank God that our evangelist, Chase Lay, is here with us tonight. Appreciate him. Glad to have all of you. Those are uh, listening on the live stream, glad to have you. And uh, I've been excited and looking forward all day long to coming to church tonight. And I'm glad to be here. I got here earlier than usual. Uh, and it was interesting to see people come in. A lot of people coming in early. And uh seems to say to me that, boy, we're anxious for church to start tonight. And glad to be in the house of the Lord and excited about revival. I have a scripture I'd like to read in the third chapter of uh, Philippians. Very familiar scripture, but it really came on my heart today. It's uh, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Paul said this to the people of Philippi. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not finished. But listen to what he said. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That ties in with what Brother Chase preached last night. And, uh, boy, we need to uh, not let things in the background hinder us, but we need to, those things that are behind us, put them behind us and press on ahead and follow the Lord. Let's all stand for a moment of prayer as we pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for allowing us to be in your house tonight. Thank you for each one that's come this way. God, thank you for each one that's listening on the live stream. God, thank you for your tender mercies, and thank you for the service we had last night. And, uh, God, the excitement we felt today towards coming back tonight. God, help us to have the meeting that you're wanting to give us tonight. Help us to get in the center of your will and do what you'd have us to and humble our hearts and uh, just follow you tonight, God. And, Lord, speak with great power. Use our preaching, brother. Use him powerfully. Uh, God, just give us great spirit and great conviction. Speak to people's hearts. God, we ask you these things in Jesus' name. And amen. You may be seated. We turn the service over to the choir. And keep praying. Page 103.
207. 207.
singing. Thank the Lord. I'm glad that when he reached down his hand for me, changed everything. And not only changed it for the moment, but changed it for time and eternity. Isn't that wonderful? You just, it's incomprehensible to the human mind to think about something that happened just like that, having such a drastic change and making things different for your whole life. Oh, it's good to be here tonight. Let's all stand for just a minute. Appreciate the spirit I feel and the songs that we've heard. Anyone have unspoken prayer requests before we pray tonight? Amen. A lot of hands are going up. Now, you have a, a prayer request on your heart or a testimony or whatever you feel like saying it on your heart. Just follow the Lord. Anybody? for conviction. Yeah, pray for God to speak powerfully to people's hearts. Uh, I made this request maybe already uh, last night, but pray for Barb Binkley's family. Uh, Sister Barb Binkley died. You know, she come to church here uh, quite a while. Her and her husband, Joe, he's been dead a few years now. And I talked to uh, Barb's son, uh, Billy, today, and uh, he commented about how much that this church meant to, to Barb. And she commented different things about it, and, and it's really touched him. And so really pray for that family. And they've asked me to do that funeral Friday. So really, really pray for me. God just uh, uh, use me and be able to uh, speak to people's hearts. And uh, that's uh, 
and I, I appreciate everybody here and uh, boy, there's people here to, uh, I really, it just, when I just saw come in, uh, it just really blessed my heart. And I've got burdens for people and I've got burdens for folks that are here tonight. And I've got burdens for some folks that's not here, but God's letting me pray for them. And uh, got some people's told me they're gonna come, haven't been here uh, for a while. So, uh, one uh, man I had on my heart has never been here. And uh, today I talked to him, he said, I'll try to come tonight this week. And so let's just really pray for those folks. And pray, pray for our preaching brother. He's driven a long way, and, uh, but God will hold him up and use him. Let's just pray for him. God just gives, makes preaching easy for him and give him a powerful spirit to preach in again. Yeah. Anyone else? not, West uh, Blaine to lead us in prayer. Let's just keep praying and uh, just obey the Lord and uh, do whatever God wants us to do. Every one of us needs to just obey the Lord. Who'd feel like singing now? Let's pray. Pray while they come.
I'm glad to be here tonight. Appreciate what I can feel. Five weeks ago, I was in the hospital, just had a heart attack, and Brother Chase called and said, let me talk to Blaine. So I got the phone, and he said, buddy, I'm praying for you, and I hope you get better. And I said, thank you. I appreciate that. He said, I'm confident you will. I said, man, I really appreciate that. And he said, we got revival in five weeks. You need to be there and sing. So thank you for that encouragement. He did preach last night that sometimes our body doesn't do exactly what we want it to do. And I don't know how much air I've got tonight. Uh, It's it's been limited a little bit uh, because of my physical condition. But I've got a song on my heart. So I'll sing as much as I can sing if I need to. I need to talk it, then I'll just say the words. So you pray for us while we sing. He didn't stay dead and he won't stay gone. Yeah. And Jesus told his disciples of things to come. He would be persecuted, beaten and mocked. The Son of Man would die on the cross, but he wouldn't stay dead and he won't stay Like a thief in the night With a trump of God The king of all kings He paid my cost He didn't stay dead And he won't stay gone is coming Jesus is coming to take us home by his blood he has bought me blood he has bought me and his word he has taught me word he has taught me he didn't stay dead and he won't stay gone no he didn't stay dead
So Brother Chase preached last night that we've all got a story. And uh, most of you know, but I've just got to tell some about five weeks ago and what happened to me. Uh, we had Hazel on Friday night down at the fair and had a big time. No, I did not have three or four big sandwiches down at the fair. That's not what caused my heart attack. I didn't eat anything down there, actually. Got home that night, didn't feel real good, but went to bed and went to sleep. Woke up at 4.30 and knew something bad was wrong. I felt like I had an elephant sitting right on top of me. So I got up and took an aspirin, took some Pepto, and was headed to bed, and I collapsed right there in the kitchen floor and passed out. Becky heard me and got up, came through, what's wrong? And I said, well, I think I'm having a heart attack and you need to call the squad. So she got her iPhone out and called 911 and couldn't figure out why it wasn't going through until she realized she'd called 911 on her iPhone calculator. That's honest truth. So she backed up and cleared that off of her calculator. She was all shook up, and I understand that, but I thought it was funny. But I'm laying there in the floor, and my chest is, I just feel like I got an elephant sitting on me is the only way to describe it. And she's calling 911, and I thought, I'm having a heart attack. I could die. And I never one time was afraid of dying. Not one, now, I wasn't wanting to die, understand me. I wanted the squad to get there, and I wanted to get to the hospital, and hopefully they could do something for me, and they did. I appreciate that. Never one time was I afraid. Now, the doctor told us later only 12% of the people that have what I had survive. So 88% don't make it. And a big percentage of those are instant death. They don't even have a chance to say, Becky, call the squad and get me to the hospital. You've heard the phrase, and I've used it in negotiations. Is this a deal you can live with? All right. There's a whole lot of people that are looking for religion or an experience or something they can live with. And I understand that. But folks, I've got something... I can die with. It's not just something I can live with. I can die with it. And I hope I get a long time. Don't know. Maybe tonight's my night. Maybe tonight's your night. I've sung this song. We haven't sung it for a while, but I've sung this song for years. I don't think it'll ever mean the same to me. I don't dread the trip home. I'm not afraid of this crossing. I'm going to make it one of these days. Maybe today, maybe 30 years from now, maybe sometime in between. Have you got something that you can live with? That's okay, but have you got something you can die with? If you don't, get it. I don't dread the trip home. And just, I don't know if I got enough air to sing this. I probably don't, but I'm going to try. So you just pray.
most folks are afraid of dying. I guess they must dread the unknown. Oh, but I still believe what my father said. He'll send angels to carry me home. He said he'd never leave or forsake me. That means I make this speaks to us and I'm glad of it brother Blaine was singing I don't dread the trip home and I I got to thinking 
I know that's dangerous to do, but I got to thinking. I know the first face I'll see is Jesus Christ. But I've never seen mercy face to face, and I'll see mercy face to face. And I'll see grace face to face. I've lived all my life just with mercy and grace. And I can't wait to reach it. Hallelujah to the Lamb. That blessed my soul. If you're glad you're here, can you say amen? If you got your Bibles tonight and you'd like to look with us, let's look in the book of 2 Kings tonight. Book of 2 Kings. Brother Blaine's done been in my message some, and God's helped us so much tonight already. And I'd encourage you, if you're here and you need the Lord, you need to be saved, you just need help. You need to move during preaching. You ought to move during preaching. I believe that'd be all right, don't you? So I have found in Scripture that Jesus was probably, and don't get offended at me over this, Jesus probably one of the rudest people you'll ever come around. Interrupted a funeral to raise a man from the dead. That's right. Interrupted ladies mourning so he could raise a man from the dead. Jesus does really good in interruptions. Interrupted a wedding so he could change water into wine. And I have found some of the greatest miracles in scripture were also performed to some of the rudest people. Lady with the issue of blood interrupted Jesus while he was preaching. Don't you be afraid to interrupt religion so you can get a hold of a relationship with God. Second Kings chapter 2, if you have your Bible tonight, if you're able, let's stand together if you would. Second Kings chapter 2, very familiar scripture. Second Kings chapter 2, at verse number 10. I apologize, verse 11. 2 Kings 2, verse 11. And it came to pass, as they still went on, this is Elijah and Elisha, and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elijah Elisha went over. That's the reading of God's word. You can be seated if you would. Our Father in heaven, we look to you, God. We thank you, Lord, for this night. Jesus, I thank you for such sweet presence of God. Lord, just so sweet in your house. And I'm thankful, Lord, that we've got to get just a little bit of a vision of heaven. Lord, it's been blessed. It's been blessed. It's been peaceful. But, Lord, there's been such a sweet invitation Lord, just to come know this Jesus. Father, I pray you'd help us tonight. Lord God, please. Lord, I need your help. Can't preach without you. Don't even want to try to. Jesus, it's got to be you. Father, put a guard about my mouth that I'd only say the things you'd have us to, and I'd steer clear of the things that you would not. Father, would you help your church tonight? Would you encourage the discouraged? Father, would you call home the prodigal? Lord Jesus, those that are weak, would you strengthen? Lord, do great things. I pray for power. 
I pray for conviction. I pray for all that you want us to have. I pray for it, Lord Jesus. I trust you, Lord, and I need you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. I appreciate the word of the Lord. I appreciate where we're at in Scripture tonight. What a wonderful blessing. The story of Elijah and Elisha, I appreciate it with all of my heart. I appreciate the humility of Elisha. Uh, we read in 1 Kings, this is the first meeting that Elisha would have with the mantle as Elijah has left the cave, as we would find in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah would leave the cave. God had spoken to him in the cave. Uh, there Elijah had got discouraged because Jezebel is after him. Uh, I want to remind you that God will set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He will. Well, God didn't do that for Elijah. Elijah went to the cave, and when he came out of the cave, he saw a cake baking on the fire. And then he ate that cake, and then God, he went backwards. He gave him dessert, and then he gave him dinner. He had him a meat that was cooking for him. I want to let you know something. There's nothing wrong with living for God in the presence of your enemies. Amen. He would, there, God would encourage him, rise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. I'm glad to know that I've got a God that will speak to me in my caves. Amen. God would speak to Elijah. Elijah would rise and eat and he would go uh, because there's an Elisha that's waiting for him. And as God would bless Elijah to pass by Elisha, the only thing that God would instruct Elijah to do is to toss his mantle over Elisha. And there was something in that mantle because when that mantle was tossed onto Elisha and it was taken off or fell off of him, that Elisha ran to his father and his mother and kissed them and he left and followed after Elijah. Man, they had to be something in that mantle. Amen. Uh, if I cast my jacket over you, I got a feeling you ain't going to kiss your loved ones goodbye and come follow me. But I, I say this to you, uh, my friend, I do believe, and you pray tonight, we'll get into the message. I do believe it's time to kiss the flesh goodbye. I'd like to preach that one more time. I believe it's time to kiss the flesh goodbye. I, I can remember, I, and we're getting there, I can remember watching uh, documentaries on TV where folks would have these gigantic tumors on their body and they would go in and get these tumors cut off and uh, there would be people, these tumors sometimes 20, 30 pounds and uh, these people would weep as that tumor that is killing them is laying on the table beside them and the reason they wept is because that flesh that was killing them was a part of them for so long and they didn't know what it was like to live without that. I want to say this I believe and I'm not calling his mom and dad a bad thing. Don't you get the picture. You look at the scripture not the picture. Amen. Uh, I want to say this. There's times that we get so connected uh, to what is hindering us from God. We get so connected uh, to the habit that's hindering us from God. The hobby uh, that's hindering us from God. The attitude that's hindering us from God. Uh, the things, the sin that's always been hindering us from God that we don't know what it's like to live without it but Philippians chapter 3 and preacher Terry made me nervous he got in Philippians 3 I'm preaching through Philippians 3 at the harbor I said Lord I hope none of them's watching amen but I, Philippians 3 and 10 would say this that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and that I might have fellowship with his suffering 
that man when that mantle was cast over Elisha and it didn't even he didn't even put it on it was just cast over him there was so much power of God in that mantle all he had was a taste of what God could do for him he didn't see the whole picture didn't even get the whole vision all he had was a taste of what God could do and in that moment he decided I'm not going to text message the flesh anymore I'm not going to flirt with the flesh anymore we're not going to meet up on weekends I'm not going to go to the flesh when I'm down and out I'm going to kiss the flesh goodbye and I'm going to go after the mantle amen I want to preach tonight if it'd be fine with you Amen, I want to give you this title. Is what you have worth passing on? Is what you have worth passing on? Amen. Here we find, amen, Elijah and Elisha's story. Amen, is going to happen. Amen, in 2 Kings chapter number 2. Amen, and Elijah is soon going on to heaven. Amen, I want to let you know what Blaine said. If you don't know nothing else about Chase Lay, you need to know I'm going to heaven. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen, I just got done preaching a graveside service of a preacher that had been preaching the gospel for 70 years. Amen. And this was one of the easiest things I ever read in my life. A man preached the gospel for 70 years. I said, Elijah's gone. Somebody got to pick up the mantle. Amen. Listen. Amen. Elijah. God is getting Elisha ready because Elijah is soon going to heaven. Amen. Can I let you know something? Just because we're in the church, there's people need to see there's something worth coming to church for. Just because we say read the Bible, people need to see in our lives, this is the only book that'll come alive when you read it. Just because we say God is good, people need to look at our lives and see there is a God that is good. Amen. Man, I'm just saying that I can hear the song saying, all of my life you have been faithful all of my life you have been so so good amen to hear to, to hear there's a God that will forgive us amen if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness that's in the book we quote that we read that but people need to see in our lives that boy when God forgives he makes a change hallelujah to the Lamb I want to ask you some things tonight if it would be fine with you at the first place and Elisha's going to be blessed to see the durability of that mantle he's going to be able to see just how strong that mantle is what it will carry you through can I declare to anybody tonight that might be unsaved you might be lost never been born again whatever you want to claim yourself as I just believe if you lost you lost amen can I declare to you Jesus will get you out of hell amen but so much more than that he won't just get you out of hell he'll go through everything in your life and can I let you know that if life brings you to it the grace of God will bring you through it amen 
Hey, can I just give you some more news real quick? Hey, man, not only has God, will God take you through, God's been with you every day of your life thus far. You haven't breathed the breath that God was not there for you. If you saved, you're blessed. If you backslid, you're blessed. If you lost without God, you still blessed. Amen. The first thing I'd love to ask you, if it'd be fine with you, is your salvation worth passing down? Amen. Is your salvation worth passing down? The first place that we would see that Elijah would take Elisha is to a place called Bethel. This is the place of God. This is where Jacob, if you will, would come to pronounce and unhouse. We're going to call this place Bethel or Bethel because God is here. Can I let you know something? I'm glad for this house of God. I love me some Lima. I just do. My wife loves her some Lima. She's watching live. Amen. She had some intent in her voice this evening. Usually she'll say, I'll be watching and I'm praying for you. She said, I'll be watching tonight. Amen. She loves her some Lima. Amen. I've been married to her long enough. I know what that voice means. Amen. Can I say this to you though? My friend here at Bethel, this house of God, I love Lima. But can I say this to you? When you invite people to church, can I let you know you are inviting them to yourself. Amen. And amen. Well, Chase, I'm not the church hogwash. You are the church. Amen. How many of you born again? Anybody born again? Amen. That's about three quarters of us. Listen to me. Amen. We exercise a lot when I preach. We just do. Participation is a big thing. Listen to me. Can I declare to you, if you are saved, you are part of the church. Amen. Boy, can I let you know, there are people that are suffering and we say come to Lima. But I, I, I got a problem with that because that means they need to wait till Sunday to get to Lima before they can get some help. We've got people that are in sin that will come to Lima. Well, that means they need to wait till Sunday just so they can get something done with their sin. Can I let you know something today? Amen. You all know who's in Lima. Jesus Christ is in Lima. Can I let you know if you're born again, who's inside of you? Jesus Christ is inside of you. Amen. Boy, is your salvation, is it worth passing down? If there's something that we know much about, especially after the last two years, that God is bigger than the four walls of this church. Boy, COVID came in, shook our world up. Amen. But virtual revivals happen. Facebook services happen. We found out that church is bigger than the church. Amen. Can I say this to you? Man alive, there was, when Elijah is following Elisha, he would find Elijah, amen, his salvation. It wasn't just what he said on Sunday. His salvation was what got him through every day of the week. His salvation wasn't just what he preached on Sunday morning. His salvation is what got him through every sorrow, got him through every battle, got him through every down setting, got him up to every uprising. Boy, when Elisha is following Elisha, Elijah to Bethel, he'll find that when Elijah got saved, amen, God just wasn't in 
anything to Elijah. God just wasn't something to Elijah. Elisha got to find out, amen, that God is everything to Elisha. Boy, I gotta ask you something. Amen, if everybody around you had your salvation, do you wonder if they really got it or are you shouting with them? Amen. Can I just let you know? Amen, I pray I don't get too deep in the waters here. But can I say this? If all you got is salvation, your salvation is not worth passing down. Listen to me. If all you've got is church membership, amen, your salvation is not worth passing down. Can I let you know? I've got something more than baptism. I've got salvation. Amen. I've got something more than church membership. I've got Jesus Christ. Boy, there was a little Ethiopian eunuch that was sitting there reading Isaiah 53. Amen. And Jesus, Brother Philip came by and preached to him Jesus. Amen. And the eunuch said, what must I do? Amen. To be saved. Amen. Nothing except you would believe. And the man said, I believe. And he didn't have time to join the church. Amen. Is everybody with me tonight? Can I let you know there was a thief that day on Calvary's cross. Amen. That looked over at Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. And Jesus said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Did not have time to get baptized. Didn't have time to go into church by way of letter, by way of baptism, by way of statement. Deacons didn't have time to get to him. The pastor didn't have time to get to him. But can I tell you something? When he took his last breath, he was in the presence of God. Can I let you know? I can remember just like it was yesterday. Amen. They got to sing. Chase, you act like you're getting ready to get happy. I'm talking about being saved. It makes me happy. Amen. Listen to me. I can remember. I used to sing a lot when I was a kid. Amen. And Brother Terry, then I figured out that I couldn't sing. And I said, we just need to quit that. Amen. Listen to me. I used to sing when he reached down his hand for me, Brother Saul. Amen. And I would always get choked up on that second verse. I was near in despair when he came to me there. Man alive. I can remember the moment that I got lost. I used to cheerlead for the preachers. Preachers have been my hero since I was a little boy. Johnny Zachary and Ben Lay. Lord have mercy. I love them. Don't y'all think less of me for this one. I loved heroes preacher so much that when I got home I had a little bench in the living room that had all of my teddy bears on it and after when I got home from church I'd clean off all those teddy bears and I'd stand on top of that little teddy bear bench I'd put my black necktie on as a clip on and I would look at my family and I had a little bit of a speech issue I'd say if you don't get daved you're going to die and go to hell and my daddy would say preach it preacher preach it amen it ought to be Holy Ghost if your dad's going to say amen hallelujah but can I say this I can remember there was a morning hallelujah back then Terry I feel a preacher coming amen listen to me back in those days we didn't testify so much about doctor visits and we didn't testify so much about paychecks and job promotions when I was a little kid folks got happy that they was not going to hell amen man oh, didn't folks didn't testify 
testify over cancer, then testify that we got saved from a car wreck. Back then, everybody testified about how glad they was that they weren't going to hell. Amen. And boy, there was something that dawned in me, Eric. Amen. Chase, you're not saved. You're not saved. And I just wanted to get out of hell. I went to Sunday school, raised my hand like a little boy ought to. I said, Miss Bernetta, I'm lost and I need to be saved. And she gathered all the men in that little Sunday school room. And we prayed. And I didn't get nothing. I was so amazed that you could put 20 men in that little bitty room. And my Uncle Ben looked at me and said, Son, what do you want to do? I said, Uncle Ben, I want to go to the altar. Amen. And we came in and I got on the altar. And as soon as I got on the altar, my heart broke on the shoulder of Jesus Christ. And I emptied all of my fear of hell to him. I gave him me. And when I gave him me, he gave me himself. Chase, what do you call that? I call that saved. My little niece, that little Shay of Grace, she got saved in her classroom. Thank God. Boy, I'm about to have a spell. Amen. Now I'm starting to preach about my family being born again. That makes me happier. Amen. My little niece, little Shay Bug. Amen. She'd been scared of going to hell for a couple months. Preacher Dustin Copeland. Amen. Been preaching some over at Brother Mike Rain's church. His wife, Whitney, was her teacher then. Amen. And my little niece went up to Whitney and said, Mrs. Copeland, I don't want to die and go to hell. Amen. And y'all know what Whitney did? She told her class, her little instructional assistant, said, if you don't care, can you take them on a bathroom break? I need to talk to Shaya for a minute. Everybody laughed. Amen. Shaya, what do you want to do? Can we talk to Jesus, please? Amen. Whitney and Shaya got on the floor and they talked to Jesus. And you'll know what Shaya said when she popped up. Mrs. Copeland, I'm not scared of going to hell anymore. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I called Shaya. I said, honey, I heard you got saved. She said, what? I said, I heard you got born again. She said, I don't know what that means, Uncle Chase. I said, honey, what happened to you in Mrs. Copeland's room? She said, I was going to hell and Jesus took care of that and I'm not going no more. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Honey, can I just declare to you, you need to check out the salvation experience you have. And if somebody popped up with what you have and you'd shout with them, you'd rejoice with them, then hallelujah to the Lamb. Pass it on down. Share it around. Amen. It's contagious. Hallelujah. But can I let you know, if somebody had the sureness of salvation that you have and you wouldn't be happy for them because what you have, it ain't good enough to get you to heaven. It ain't good enough to get you to church. It ain't good enough to get you to clean up your language. It ain't good enough to get you to live right. I'm telling you, stop living in what you're not sure of and come get you something that you can be sure of. Hallelujah, preacher. Glory. Amen. Is your salvation what you have? Is it worth passing around? Is it worth sharing? Amen. Hey, can I just let you know? Amen. There might be times that you can't rejoice over how your job's going, but you can still rejoice you've been born again. 
They might be times you can't rejoice what the doctors say, but you can rejoice if you're still born again. Amen. But can I let you know something? If you ain't got the real thing and life goes sideways, it ain't no wonder you get away from God. Amen. I'm letting you know something. If I hit rock bottom, I'm still on the rock. Amen. Can I ask you something? How many of you have ever said, I'm between a rock and a hard place? Anybody ever said that before? Amen. Only about 20 of us. Well, glory to God. Amen. Can I say something to you? If you are between a rock and a hard place and you're born again, can I remind you who that rock is? rock is, that rock is Jesus, amen if the rock is Jesus, the hard place just ain't that bad, amen boy dear God, I wish that we'd be so saved that we'd be more salty, amen hallelujah to the Lamb of God amen, I need to ask you this if it'd be fine with you, the first place that they kicked off was a little place called Gilgal a place of separation, amen a place of defined victory can I ask you this my beloved friend is your accountability is your responsibility is your conviction is it worth passing down can you say amen listen to me I need to know something about what I've got Miss Linda and I pray that this does not offend you well Chase why do you keep saying that I don't want anybody to get hurt I'm here to help I'm not here to hurt can I say this to you I need to know about my salvation Cooper I'm glad it's going to take me to heaven but can it, can my salvation, as Jabez prayed, can it keep me from evil? As Paul prayed, can it keep me from the appearance of evil? Can I say this to you, my friend? There's a lot of folk that are fine with how they're living. There's a lot of folk that are fine with the sin that they have in their life. There's a lot of folk that are fine treating people any old way they want to. There's a lot of people that are fine losing some and winning some to the devil. There's folks that are fine with falling to temptation and falling to lust. Can I say this to you? If your loved ones had the same win-loss record that you have with the devil, are you going to pray for them or are you proud of them? Everybody all right? Well, I just be honest. We start looking at how much we separate ourselves from sin. We start taking a look at how much we separate ourselves from the devil. We start taking a look at how much we separate ourselves from our carnal mind. Start taking a look at how much we separate ourselves from our emotions. My friend, I want to let you know something. Hey, man, I can remember. Let me tell one of my daddy. He'll watch this. He'll love this. Hey, man, I can remember when I was six years old. Hey, man, they weren't amen in my preacher just right. Hey, man, and it made me real mad back then if you did not amen my preacher just right. Hey, man, I used to watch wrestling when I was a little kid. Hey, man, and I, my daddy, some folks would say it speaking in an unknown tongue. I'd just say my daddy used to cuss a lot. Amen. Listen to me. But they weren't amen in my preacher just right, Brother Blaine. Hey, man, and what I did was I stood up and looked at 200 people and I said, we need to amen that blankety blank blank. Hallelujah. And my 
my dad grabbed me out of that church and we left church in a hurry that night. Amen. He got me by my jaws, Jeremy. And he said, where did you learn that at? Tell me right now. If it was that god-awful wrestling, you'll never watch it again. And I had big tears just streamed down my face. And I said, Daddy, I'll learn it from you. <laughs> and guess what? From that day forward, Daddy was careful what he said around me. Amen. Boy, can I say this too? There's a lot of time that we look at people around us and we advise them to do what we are not doing. There's times we advise people to not do what we are doing. There's times that we want people not to get so deep in the drama that we are neck deep in. There's times that we don't want people to get involved so much in politics, but we're involved. There's times that we don't want people to get trapped in Satan's devices, but we're trapped in it. Can I say this to you? My beloved friend, you are not passing around. You're not passing down your words. You are passing down your actions. Amen. Listen to me. My friend, Elijah got to be followed by Elisha. I got to know something. Is this mantle, is it able to keep you from sin? I got to know something about this mantle. Is it able to keep you in discernment of what the devil is telling you and what God is telling you? Can I preach to you something tonight, church? I've got to ask you something. My friend, are you fine with everybody having the level of dedication that you do against sin? Or if everybody treated sin like you do, does the church have power or is the church powerless? Everybody dies and we want to pass down stuff. But can I ask you something? And I know we're getting in deeper waters, but we're going to climb out of it here in a minute. I'm only going to preach as far as God let me. I ain't going to kill us. Amen. I got to know, are you fine with passing down your relationship to pity? Hello? Are you fine with passing down your temper? Oh, God. Hey, I believe if it's good enough preaching, preacher ought to amen himself. Hang on a minute. Keep on preaching, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Amen. Are you fine with passing down your laziness toward God? That might have stuck a little deep. Let me change that. Are you fine with passing down your work ethic for Jesus Christ? I got to I gotta know. Well, why, why do we need to know that? And I pray that this, again, listen to me. If you are fine with social drinking, there will come a time that people around you will be fine with drinking a lot. If, if you are fine with a little cussing here and a little cussing there, one of these days it'll embarrass you when you are surrounded by people that cuss a lot. 
if you are fine with a little stealing here and a little stealing there, if you're fine, can I give you something that worries me? And this is getting ahead of myself just a little bit. Hey, man, we're living in a time that everybody's fine with only reading their Bibles a little bit. But can I let you know where that's going? Hey, man, if, if mom and dad, if they only want to read their Bibles a little bit, and son and daughter never catch mom and dad reading their Bibles, but they always catch them watching TV, if, if, if mom and dad are always caught on social media, but they're never caught in the word of God, can I let you know what you are laying down? That this blessed thing, it's worth taking in your arms and taking to Sunday school and taking the Wednesday night, but this thing is just a decoration. You don't need it in your daily life. Can I preach to you something today, my friend? I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You need the word of God. Can I ask you something? Are you fine? And I know we, we're digging a little, but hey, if you come to revival, you want to be dug. Are you fine with passing down your prayer life? If everybody that you love had your prayer life, are you tickled to death because they are chasing after and they're thirsting after the living God? Or do you look at them and say, my God, I wish you had a better prayer life. If you had a better prayer life, man, you wouldn't have near the trouble you do. Hey, can I ask you something? Are you fine? Are you fine with passing down your church attendance? Hey, can you repeat after me? Preach on, preacher. Are you fine with passing down your church attendance? Well, what are you getting at? Can I just let you know? If, if, you were, if you are raising your kids at the most important services Sunday morning, be sure you get here on Sunday morning. You can just go ahead and take on that when they have kids, they only gonna come to church maybe once or twice a month. If there's something that concerns me, my friend, there's times that we don't get concerned until after the facts. When it's already too late, can I ask you something? Are you fine with spiritual accountability, your spiritual accountability being passed on? Well, what do you mean? I, I wanna give you this, Miss Lynn. I wanna give you this, Lima Church. Everything that comes out of God's house, every time the doors are open, blame. Our lives are supposed to change from what we've heard. Would you say amen? I gotta ask you something. If we get preached to challenge our lives, if we get preached to fix our lives, if Pastor Terry preaches to us uh, that we need to change our attitudes, we need to change things at home, amen, but then we get in the car and nothing changes and nothing changes at home, amen, can I preach to you something real dangerous? I'm a, I'm a real human being, I'm a realist. I'm not a glass half empty, I'm not a glass half full kind of person. You just got you a half glass of water and you need more water, amen. 
Can I say this to you? If you look at me and say, I need to read my Bible more often, you have told the wrong person that. I'm gonna send you preachings, I'm gonna send you scriptures, and then when you get puffed up at it, hey man, they made this thing called a smartphone, solid. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. And I only got one just a couple weeks ago, Sydney. You'll know what it is. When I send people scriptures and I send them devotionals, you'll know what I can see. I can see if they've read it or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Can I say this to you? If you look at me and say, Chase, I need to lose some weight. I need help with a workout program. Amen. I'm going to ask you every time I see you, have you been to the gym this week? Have you been to the gym this week? Did you get your workout in today? Amen. If you look at me and say, Chase, I need to get back in church. I need to get dedicated. Amen. Every time that you are not at my church, I'm going to be all up about your business because you have made it known I need to get in the house of God. Can I say this to you? Amen. And I don't mean this in a rough way, but we have become so good at knowing what we need to do better and failing to do it. We have become perfect, awesome at failing, and we have become bad at succeeding. Can I ask you something? Are you fine with passing down how you treat holiness to everyone you love? Don't raise your hand for this one. Don't raise your hand for this one. Don't raise your hand for this one. Now, if you do, that's on you. How many of you have said, I know I probably shouldn't think this way, but I'm thinking it. I know I probably shouldn't do that. I know I was probably wrong for doing it. We have created this thing, and I'm glad God's letting me slow down. Because I don't want you to get caught up in my mannerisms. I want you to hear the message. We've got awful caught up in this thing, Cooper, where all of us sin every day. So if we're going to sin every day, we might as well get it in. Well, I sinned today, but we all sin to come short of the glory of God. Well, I messed up, but hey, we all sin. God knows we're human. He remembers that we are. There's some scriptures I wish wasn't even in the Bible. Well, Chase, I messed up. I said some things to people I shouldn't have said, but the Lord knows that we are but flesh. And I look and go, doggone it. Can I say this to you? We have become so, so good at pretending that every time we go to God and we say, God, forgive me, that God's just gonna run to us and he's gonna forgive us whether we mean it or whether we don't. We say, God, I'm sorry. This is what I've done. Lord, forgive me. And he's just gonna run to us. Can I say something to you? God won't forgive us if we don't desire it. Pray for me. I'm getting ready to finish.
we have become. Can you pray for me? I want to preach once more. I don't know if God's going to let me finish this one tonight. This might be a two-parter. I don't know. I'm fine with that. You fine with that? Next place we're going to go to is a place called Jericho, Brother Eric. Well, where the walls came crumbling down. And you want to know what everybody sees, Brother Kenny, when they imagine Jericho. They imagine about a hundred yard piece of property with about seven foot tall walls. And we just walked a hundred yards in a square. We just walked it. And everybody sung and they had fans and it was good. And we got to sit down and take a sip of water every now and then. And somebody was there saying, hey, you're doing a good job. Boy, you start looking at how big Jericho was and how it was on a hill and how we had to work and how we had to carry just to stay dedicated to the victory. Hey, can I say this to you? I believe that we have got so bad. Chase, I have failed my church. I have failed my God. I've, I've failed my kids. I've failed my parents. I've failed my brothers. I've failed my sisters. Can I say this? They marched around those walls. Amen. Every day for seven days, seven times, every single day. And you'll know what it was every day, every week that they marched around those walls. They knew that when those walls fell, victory would be worth every single lap. Amen. Can I say this to you? My beloved friend, if you have failed God, if you've been not where you should be, if you've not been where you should be for six months, don't you get mad at God when you start reading your Bible the first week and you feel like you ain't getting nowhere. Amen. Can I say this to you? If you've not been where you should be, amen, but for whatever reason, God just won't fill your cup up and let you shout all over the house. Amen. Well, Chase, I've been back in church a week. Amen. Can I say this to you? My friend, if you failed God, and listen, but for whatever reason, God's not letting you get back up and preach just yet. God's not letting you get up and teach just yet. Your song's not right just yet. Can I say this to you? I appreciate preaching. I appreciate teaching. I appreciate all that God lets me do. But can I say this to you? I believe that we've got to appreciate the power of God that we have before we just expect it to fall on everything we do. Can I say this to you? I've been away from God. I've been the prodigal son. I've had my failures. I've had my mistakes. And you all know what it helps me do? When he whispers to me, I appreciate his whisperings. Man, I've been in the place, Bo, where I couldn't hear his voice. There might be some folks, you've been trying a few weeks, but God just ain't picked you up and ran you yet. Can I preach to you? You will not appreciate the mighty Russian wind until you appreciate his still small voice. Can I say this to you? Friend, how can we ever appreciate? How can we appreciate seeing someone get born again when we don't appreciate? And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. Can I say this? Your waiting for the awesome 
cause some things to happen. God, I've been trying uh, for four weeks. I've been trying for six weeks. I've been praying. I've been doing my best for two months. Uh, can I preach to you tonight? If all you're doing is looking at God and making demands because you put in a little bit of effort, you are not appreciating the God of heaven. You can't appreciate your blessings if you're not appreciating your blesser. I want to give you this tonight. If you have not been the best of husbands for the past six months, is everybody okay? If you've not been the best of husbands for six months, you need to at least put in six months of work before you look at your wife and say, why won't you forgive me? Oh God. Did you feel the plow bump right there? We just left Gilgal, a place of separation. But then we're gonna to go to Jericho. I believe there's times we don't want forgiveness from God. We just want to drop the guilt. Still with me, would you raise your hand? There's times we offend a brother, we offend a sister. And I go up and I say, I'm sorry. Hey boy, God just brought this to my attention. I'm so glad he did. If you start, if you're apolo you start your apology with the word if, I'm letting you know you didn't mean it. <laughs> what do you mean? If I've done anything that offended you, honey, if the Holy Ghost lets you know you've offended, there ain't no if no more. <laughs> if I've done something that I know offends, I ought not go to him and expect him to forgive. I'm not going to him for his forgiveness. I'm going that I can apologize. There's times we go to folk and we expect to get from Gilgal to Jericho in one conversation. But can I preach to you the most dangerous part of us all? We don't realize how much this mouth, how much damage we can do. You take you a pebble, Brother Blaine, and you drop her in the water. Chase, what are you doing? I thought we were going to finish. Hey, I'm this way. When the plow bumps when I'm preaching, I don't believe we just ought to skim it and keep going. If the plow bumps, I believe we ought to dig it out. We'll dig it. We'll, we'll get back to a lot. That, we'll pick up the mantle tomorrow. If God will allow, we'll pick up the mantle. If he don't, we'll preach something else about Jesus. We want to get from Gilgal to Jordan just like that. But everybody that walked through Jericho looks at us and says, you expect to get forgiveness just like that. You expect to get victory just like that. When we had to walk for days, we had to walk for weeks, we had to bleed, we had to sweat, we had to give everything we have. Hey, can I preach to you? And I, I believe God's setting us in. I believe whatever conviction you prayed for, I believe she's here. How many of you, raise your hand for this one if it belongs to you. If it don't, don't. 
How many of you have ever looked up at Jesus and said, Jesus, you deserve a better child than me? God bless you, we're getting ready to work a little. How many of you have ever looked at your spouse? They, de they deserve a better spouse than me. How many of you have ever looked at your kids and said they deserve better parents than me? Well, Chase, how come you didn't raise your hand? All I got is a blessed God dog. Amen. And it's doing just fine. Hey, kiddos, how many of you have ever thought to yourself, my parents deserve better kids? We're still working. Well, God's getting us primed up. Just come in and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Hey, because can I let you know something that needs to be worth passing down, Cooper? My repentance needs to be worth passing down. Can I tell you something, Blaine? Boy, God's settling us in. Can I tell you something I don't want said about me? I walk up and I say, I'm sorry. And the person just dropped their head because they know my apologies ain't worth nothing. We've said it and thought it in our churches. Somebody come and say, hey, I'm right with God. I'm sorry, church. I'll keep coming. And the Baptist then speaks up and says, we'll see how long this sticks. <laughs> Can I say something to you? Can we pray, not in pride, but Lord, don't you let my repentance be so empty. Can I let you know if you're here tonight and your Sunday school class could deserve a better Sunday school teacher than you are and your church could deserve a better church member, they deserve a better one than you are and your God deserves a better child, a better Christian you are, your spouse deserves a better spouse, all that. Can I tell you the reason God has allowed you to feel that? Because it's time for you to step up. We've got so used to failure. Well, if I can't be better, I'll just quit. Can I ask you something? Does your blesser deserve you to step up or step out? Do your blessings deserve you to step up or step out? God has stopped me dead in my tracks and I'm fine with that. I really am. Probably preach more different night than I probably have in months. But can I declare to you, it's time and high time we realized that everything we are, we're spreading it and we're passing it down. just be honest and I could be wrong and I'm fine with that but I feel like there's a mess load of us that could get on the altar we just need help from God I've seen people and I'll close with this Terry I thank you for your kind of patience church your kind attention I thank you I've seen people 
shed tears. And as soon as I saw him shed tears, it jumped up in my soul because I know where those tears come from. I've seen people, all they've done is raise their hand and I felt God in that because I know where that worship comes from. I've seen people shout and it wasn't a bit pretty neither, but it just ran Jesus all up my spine because I know where that shout came from. Hey, can I ask you something? How many of you want people to be impacted by your victory? If you want folks to be impacted by your victory, then you need to make sure you're passing down the right repentance. You need to make sure you're handling yourself right in the battle. I'm done. Can we, can we get a song, Brother Terry? Come get a song. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, how I'd encourage you tonight. How I'd encourage you. Hey, you here this evening? And you ain't born again, you're not saved. You can come get the real thing. It won't be wishy-washy. It'll change you. Hey, ain't you glad you got a salvation that'll change you?
give you one thing. They're going to sing the next verse. I, I believe this. I, I, I believe God's dealing with folks. You don't know me well. I don't know you, but you know Jesus. Can I give you one of the most embarrassing times in my life? I, I was 25, 24 years old, and my dad and my mom never knew I battled depression when I lived in their house. They never knew that. Chase, preacher boy, he's fine. And I, I wore long sleeve shirts a lot, button ups, long sleeve, couldn't show my cuts. But I remember I sat down with them at 25, 24, whatever it was, I felt like they needed to know what I'd done. And Blaine, I sat right across from my dad. And I told him. And I watched a full grown man weep right in front of me. And the only thing he kept saying, if you told me, I'd done everything I could to help you. I'd have loved you. If you just told me. And you all know how big I felt. I felt about that big. Because I thought, Lord, Lord, if I'd have went to him when I first started struggling, would I even have had those troubles? I looked at my mom and my dad. I told them about my addiction issues. And I broke their soul right in front of them. And you know what they just said? If you'd have come to us. Can I let you know something? Whoever God talking to, however many. Why don't you come to God now? You can come to Him now. You don't have to wait until sin's done with you. You don't have to wait until being away from God is done with you. Set yourself out there on that island and say, I'm just going to struggle by myself. I'm just going to battle the devil all by myself. I'm just going to have my doubts all by myself. When you, God just sees it and He's just sitting up in glory just call on me. Call on me now. Please now. Wherefore sin we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Every saint of God that we know of is looking at you. Hard decisions to make. Abraham says, I know about that, but call on God. Yeah. Hannah says, you're being mocked and you're so defeated. Hannah's looking at you saying, God will help you now. Yeah. Chase, I've just got so many things against me. There's a man that once was named Legion looking at you saying, there's a God that will help you. Yeah. I'm asking you, and Jesus is begging you. One reason that broke my heart so much, my dad, I didn't feel he should have ever begged me, ever been in the place to beg me. But he was begging me. Here's a verse for you. You ready? Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is a reasonable service. You know what that word beseech means? Apostle Paul gets down on his hands and knees. Yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah. Live for God. Live for Him. Why would Apostle Paul beg us to do that? Because he lived half of his life against God Almighty. Yeah. 
And he looks at every age, every situation, and he says, please, please, live for God. You might be here tonight, you might not even know how to ask him for help. Can I give you a verse? Humble yourself. In the sight of the Lord. He'll lift you up. Would you come? Can we sing one more? Sing on. Come on. He loves me when I'm up. God bless you. He loves me when I'm down. Holy Spirit saying you need to pray. Come talk to him. Come. Even when I'm wrong. He's been there on the mountain. He'll be there through every valley. He's never left me alone. Though there be times I know when I fail him so. Yet he's never let go of my hand. He's always been there to love me and to care. Why he loves me, I don't understand. God's ready to love you. Though I fail the Lord, he has never failed me. appreciate that moving. I feel like uh, Chase said a while ago, I feel like there could be a lot that moving. I'm, I'm not uh, trying to point at any particular person. I'm not uh, not meaning that in a judgment way, just from the burden of God. I'd like to have another song. And uh, uh, listen, listen to what Jesus said. And this goes along with what he was talking about. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Will you come? Just like Chase was talking about when he could have come to his daddy. Could have come to his mommy. Sometimes we miss out on so much help just because we don't reach out to it. 
You was talking about uh, begging, about Paul begging. We had a, a pastor here many years ago, a great man, Siegel Newport. A lot of his family is still here. And he was weeping one day. And he said, I'm begging you to come. He looked around. He said, preachers are just beggars. Yeah. He said, I'm just an old beggar. Yeah. But if I can beg for Jesus, yeah. I'm happy yeah. about it. If I can just beg a little bit for Jesus, yeah. I'm happy. I'm glad to be a beggar if I can beg in the Holy Ghost and invite somebody to come. We beseech you tonight. We beseech you to come and get the help that God's offering. Just keep praying. Sing us another. Somebody else needs to come. You bless me coming, Gary. Somebody else needs to come. Come on. We beseech you. Please come. Come right now. Anybody shake hands with him wants to, you're welcome to. It's all right. Follow your heart. Do what you feel like. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Whoever else needs to come, please come. Obey the obey the Lord. Obey the Master. Do you know him? Do you really know him? If you really know him, he knows you. Do you know him? Does he know you spiritually in your heart? If you don't have this, you need it. Can you feel him tonight and relate to him and rejoice in him? I'd be worried about myself tonight if I couldn't feel him with the meeting God's given us. Please obey the Lord. Come on. Come and pray. If you need to pray, come and pray. If you've never been saved, you need to get saved. Please obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Let God have His way. Let God have His way in your life. And you can... When you let God have his way, then what you share about yourself as he's preaching out, it'll mean something good and powerful to people around you. Do you know him? Do you know him? He's a precious one to know.
from failure. And what I mean by that is, when you start realizing that you need to do better, no matter what area of life it is, the devil will focus you on how far you are away from where you need to be. And that almost looks like too big of a mountain to climb. But can I let you know, the devil will focus you on the distance and remind you of how far you got to go. But God will assure you. You see how great that distance is? God will make every step of the way with you. I'll give you two F's. Failure does not have to be final. Lay hold on that. Failure does not have to be final. I remember once a young man I'd gotten out of church and wasn't living for the Lord. And the devil, he said, well, you've messed up now. They, they don't want you back. They wouldn't care nothing about you. You just, you're not. And I hadn't been out doing any real uh, ungodly, atrocious things. I just was not doing like I was supposed to. But see, the devil was lying to me. Because just as soon as I humbled my heart and made a move to come to the Lord, uh, God forgave me and the church had already forgiven me and they just wrapped their arms of love around me and uh, God loves you and the church loves you and uh, God will help you. What, what's been preached tonight, boy, just, just all take that home with us. Praise God for that great message. Anyone else tonight got something on your heart? Folks, I know you've been praying. Let's really pray. Don't let up now. Don't let up pray and just press right on into it. Pray, pray, pray. Any other words before we come to close? If not, go pray and come pray and you liberty to go. <coughs> <coughs>